everyone. It's so good to see you all. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Hey, have you ever heard of the phrase uh, trial of the century? Uh, I know I have. I've heard it many times. You know, it's a, it's a phrase that's used to describe a monumental case, um, either because of the crime or because of the victim or victims or or maybe the judge or the lawyer that's that's involved in it or uh, the alleged perpetrator of the crime uh, or, or the interest that the crime generates. There's often quite a few cases in one century that are called the crime of the century or the trial of the century. I'm sorry, maybe it would be more appropriate to be called these the trial of the decade instead of the trial of the century so it doesn't sound so grandiose. <clears throat> Maybe the term is sometimes used by the media to hype up interest in a case like, like you know, uh, I think it was P.T. Barnum or, or called the circus the greatest show on earth. He hyped it up, and and uh, it was just a term that he used to make make the circus sound more wonderful. But maybe sometimes it is genuinely a really monumental case. You know, when I think back, there's several. Uh, notable trials. I mean, lots and lots of notable trials in the 20th century, but trials that were called the trial of the century were, I guess the first one was called, uh, was uh, the Harry K. Thaw trial, and it was known as the trial of the century. Um, he It was about a tried and convicted billionaire, Harry Thaw, that uh, murdered Stanford White on the rooftop of Madison Square Garden in 1906. So that trial of the century was at the very beginning of the century. Um, this man, uh, White, was having an affair with Thaw's uh, wife, and so he killed her. <clears throat> and then there was the Scopes Monkey trial in 1925 in Tennessee, and it was really famous, called the trial of the century, um, because it involved teaching evolution in schools. And then there's also the trial of Adolf Eichmann in 1961, who was a high-ranking Nazi official responsible for orchestrating a good deal of the Holocaust. And then if you were alive then, the famous, famous trial of O.J. Simpson in 1995 that was one of the first trials that, you know, everybody watched on television because it was uh, televised, the whole thing was televised. And he was a famous retired football player, actor, and celebrity who was accused of killing his wife and her friend. So there's lots, lots of trial of the century, even though there should only be one trial of the century. There were many, many that were called trials of the century during the uh, 20th century. And in the 21st century, I guess one of the most famous trials that was called the trial of the century was the trial of Michael Jackson. <clears throat> And there's lots of others we could name, and you'd probably recognize most of them that were called, you know, like the trial of our time or the trial of the century. But did you know that there's a trial coming up that's going to be more important and have a more well-known and perfect judge and have more people on trial at once than anything that we've ever seen before? And it's going to have more devastating and eternal consequences than anything that we could ever imagine. You know, statistics show, you know, that there's an estimated 117 billion people that have lived on this earth, and there's no way they can know for sure, that for sure, because census records and all that weren't kept, you know, 
until recently as far as the ages go. So approximately 117 billion people have ever lived on this earth. And every single person that has lived on this earth will be on trial at the end of the age. The time will be called the end of the age when Jesus himself will be judging every single person that's lived on this earth. I heard Billy Graham talk about this once in a sermon and I thought it was so interesting. You know, this will truly be the trial of all centuries. The trial among trials, the most important trial that we've ever heard of, that we've ever seen, and that we've ever all individually been involved in. You know, there's many things that, that go into a trial, but there's four things that have to happen to have the trial of all centuries. First of all, in any trial, there has to be a crime. In Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the crime is that we have all sinned. Every single human being, if there's been 117 billion people that have lived on the earth, every, every, every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, it says, There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. Every single person that has ever lived on this earth has sinned, except, of course, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We have all committed crimes against God, and we're all guilty. And the second thing you have to have uh, for the trial of the century is the trial. <laughs> and that is going to happen at the end of the age for every single human being that has ever lived. In Revelation 20, verse 11, Revelation 20, verse 11, it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. This is going to be such an awesome time in history that the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to make the earth and the sky just, just vanish and disappear and, 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 and flee from, from the presence of the Lord. And in verse 12, and I saw the dead, the great, the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. This is the trial of the century, my dear ones. Acts 17.31 says, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. So God has set a day that the world is going to be judged and it's going to be judged by the person that the Father appointed, which is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to be the judge and he will conduct this trial. And then a trial, you know, the culmination of the trial is the verdict. Every single human being that has ever lived on this earth is is has committed this crime, they're going to go through this trial, and there's going to be a verdict, you know, uh, there will be a verdict. In Revelation 20, verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So Jesus is going to look at the books and he is going to pronounce judgment on every single person that has lived on this earth. 
So after a verdict, you know, then comes the punishment stage. So there's a crime, a trial, a verdict, and the punishment. In Romans 5.12, it says, Therefore, just as sin has entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. So because we have all sinned, our punishment for the punishment for every person is death. In Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? That means eternal, everlasting death. In Revelation 20, verse 15, it says, if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And that is where we will, you know, if we are, are found guilty of sin, what we deserve, this eternal death is experienced in hell in the lake of fire. Total and complete separation from God, from the life of God, from everything good that God produces will be separated from. Every single person who has ever lived on this earth is destined for hell because of sin and the judgment that comes with it. But the wonderful, awesome, wonderful, exciting news is there is a way out of this. It's so exciting. Um, we read in this scripture about the people whose names are written in the book of life. Who are these people? How did they get their names written in the book of life? How do you get your name written in the book of life? How do you avoid eternal judgment in hell? You know, there's only two groups of people that are mentioned. Those whose names are in the book of life and those whose names are not in the book of life. So I think anyone with, with uh, you know, just simple common sense would want to know, how do I get my name written in the book of life? How do I avoid the uh, eternal damnation and punishment that I deserve because of my sin? Well, it's very, very simple, but it is a very big thing. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Or in other words, when you tr put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your name will be written in the book of life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, are not condemned to eternity in hell, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And you know, this three, three verses of scripture, and it sounds real easy to come out of our mouths, but what Jesus endured for us taking the punishment for our sin and being our substitute, uh, living a sinless life, bearing the, the, the terrible torment and punishment he had to live when he was alive and right before his death, and then the, the beatings, the crucifixion, the rejection of people, the hate from people, and then the punishment that he received for our sins, uh, makes this a really, really, really big deal. And it's something that we should never take for granted. In Matthew 10, 32, Matthew 10, 32, in the Amplified Bible, it says, Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me 
out of a state of oneness with me. I will acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven and confess that I am abiding in him. So we as Christians, when we're born again, when we have our names written in the book of life, one of the things that we do is we acknowledge Jesus Christ before men. We talk about how the wonderful saving uh, power of Jesus Christ that has come into our lives and what he has done for us. And I will tell you right now, when I turned my life to Jesus, when I put my faith in him and trusted in him as my Lord and Savior, when I turned away from my sins, I started telling people about Jesus and the wonderful things that he had done for me. And, and I don't think you can help but do that because what he does in you is so wonderful. Uh, in verse 33, it says, But whoever denies and disowns me before men, I will also deny and disown him before my Father in heaven. So you see here illustrated the book of life, people in the book of life and the people who are not in the book of life. Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you put your trust in what he did on the cross to, for the forgiveness of your sins? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ to, to have your name written in the book of life and to change your life and to become a new person? In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing from the Lord may come. And I just encourage you, if you don't know if your name is written in the book of life, if you've never repented of your sins and made Jesus Christ your Lord and your master, if you don't follow him with your whole heart and love him with your whole heart, I, I just encourage you to think about these scriptures today and think about your eternal destiny. Are your sins condemning you to hell and eternal punishment? Are your heart and your actions and your faith in Jesus Christ putting you in the book of life and saving you from all of that? And if you don't know the answer to that, I just encourage you today to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Trust in him. Call upon him. Uh, talk about, you know, tell him with your mouth, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I put my faith in you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and make me a new creation. And if you do that with all your heart, he certainly will. And your name will be written in the book of life. And, and he will also change what you do your actions, and because you have faith in Jesus Christ, you'll want to do what his word says you can, you should do and can do, and you will be surprised what an awesome life he will give you. So I hope you enjoyed this message today. I encourage you to share this with people that don't know the Lord so that um, God's word will be revealed to them and it will be planted in their hearts. And I also wanted to remind you, uh, Pastor Terry has put up a message that he had preached a couple of years ago what about political prophecies? Because it's so important right now. In an election year, um, there's a lot of people giving prophecies about what's going to happen in the election. And um, the question is, is it even right to have political prophecies or 
What about political prophecies that, you know, people give, but they're always wrong? What should we do with all that? There's a lot of questions um, that we can have about that. And Pastor Terry answers those questions from the Word of God. And it's really, really, really helpful. So I encourage you. So just in review, when you have the trial of the century, you have a crime that we all have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a trial at the end of the age, and Jesus Christ will be the judge. He'll conduct the trial. There'll be a verdict. Uh, Jesus Christ will pronounce judgment on all of mankind, whether we're in the book of life or not. And then there will be punishment for those who are not in the book of life. So make sure that you uh, have secured your eternal destiny by repenting of your sins, placing your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then start talking about it. Start talking about what God has done for you. Well, I will see you next week. Have a wonderful, blessed week. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.